Welcome to Beyond Dieting. We're two friends on a mission to disrupt the insanity of diet culture and replace it with something positive, life-affirming, and effective. We are talking to you if you, like us, have felt like a poster child for diet failure, or that diets work for other people, just not you, or like you just can't stick to anything, or this would work if only you were disciplined enough, blah, blah, blah. If that's you, then we are here to tell you that the problem is not you. The problem is dieting. As life coaches, empty nesters, busy entrepreneurs, and menopausal women, we don't believe in a one-size-fits-all approach to health and wellness, but we do know what has worked for us and other women in our programs. What's abundantly clear to us is that there is no silver bullet diet or exercise regimen, period, full stop, and we've tried a lot of them. Stick with us as we explore a variety of doable and motivational ways you can free yourself from a lifetime of yo-yo dieting. It is possible to live a healthier, saner, and more fulfilling life you enjoy. Hi, this is Mimi. And this is Lee. And in this episode of Beyond Dieting, we talk about body dysmorphia 101. <laughs> yeah. So let's just give kind of a what the Mayo Clinic defines as body dysmorphia. And then we'll kind of talk about how we see it playing out in everyday life for the majority of women. Mm-hmm. So the Mayo Clinic defines it as um, body dysmorphic disorder, BDD, um, has a mental health condition in which you can't stop thinking about one or more perceived defects defects or flaws in your appearance. Most often, these are flaws that appear minor or can't even be seen by other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But even so, you feel so embarrassed and ashamed and anxious that you avoid being seen in social situations maybe or in photos still even after weight loss and with body dysmorphia the mirror can be a very scary place yeah that was a very big butt like I could see the butt dot 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 (laughs) (laughs) it's like this really um I mean I think the idea that they're perceived and minor or um, not real flaws that that you focus on and believe to be there. And other people are like, no, no, no. And it's also like, you may like, okay, so I have loose skin from losing weight very quickly. Like I have some loose skin. And so there's a reality there that, yeah, my skin is looser, Um because body dysmorphia is not only about weight, it's, um, you know, just seeing yourself as like in a really critical way, like I'm super ugly or I'm super wrinkled or I have super loose skin and therefore I need to hide and be embarrassed. Um, So, oh, wait, what was I going to (laughs) say? Sorry, I lost my thread. Where was I, Mimi? I don't know. Well, you were going to say it's like, Um, It's minor, it's perceived. So I think maybe you were going to say, 
or it can be that it's just something that's there, but it's oh, just you. a natural thank and, yes. yeah, and thank we, you. we all have something that's not perfect, right? Like to yeah, we're not meant to be perfect. And, and when, anytime you see a movie, a TV show, somebody on the news, who's a, like a you know, morning news person or a photo from the fashion industry or a commercial, any kind of marketing stuff, those people have been altered. They're not real. <laughs> and so um, a lot of times you just look like you actually look more like a real movie star looks or a real model looks without, you know, all the airbrushing and stuff. So maybe being hu human means you're going to have unique characteristics, extra freckles, a mole, um, loose skin, wrinkles. But is that, you know, bad? Is that a bad thing? And are you holding yourself to too harsh a standard? So you just have, you're constantly suffering about the way you look and maybe about your body size. Yeah, that's what she said. Um, my girls used to love to watch that show. I don't even know if it's still on, but Tyra Banks had that one about oh, yeah. top model. And it was really fascinating, you know, because when you were talking about the morning news people and these like, they've got teams, right? Just like a lot of times, you know, Tyra Banks is picking these. And I was like, that's pretty average looking woman there. But then by the time the team got to work on her and the photographer had her in the right angles and the clothing specialist had her in like just the perfect things. I was like, oh my gosh, like it's hard mm -hmm. to even believe um, that it was the same person. So it was like, we don't all have a team that's sitting around, you know, perfecting us um, every morning. But I think part of the thing about body dysmorphia is even if you did, you still would want to focus on the flaws. Like our brain often can still want to go to, to that place of like, well, you know, I know everybody else is telling me I look good, but I just can't see it. I still see myself as um, fat, as overweight. I mean, we hear that all the time from the women that we work with. I don't know how to stop seeing myself as a fat person, even though I've lost a hundred pounds. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so how can you deal with this? <laughs> you know, we experience it ourselves. So we're learning how to deal with it to create less suffering and less dysmorphia. I don't know. There's if anybody ever gets to zero dysmorphia, I don't know. Cause I haven't, I haven't gotten there and I've done a ton of mindset work and, you know, I know how to work on my thoughts and I'm not sure it's separate. Maybe there are moments when it is a zero. Um, you know, we're going to talk about a ranking system, how you can rank, how accurately are you seeing yourself? And so um, if, if you think of zero to 10, and this will be our ranking system, zero means when I look at myself, I know I see myself accurately, completely. That means I can see really good stuff too. You know, I'm not just focusing on the negative quote unquote accurately. And I can see the results of my efforts. I feel good about the way I look. I can accept the reality of the smaller clip. This is my thing. Um, after weight loss, I, my head was telling me that even though I was putting on a size small and even an extra small and it fit fine, that boy, this clothing company must have really increased their size range. Like so that a small is actually like a medium or large or an extra small is really more of a medium. And so I, it was hard for me to accept. So maybe, you know, you guys have 
dysmorphia kind of like this, where it's like, but this is not a real small. It's not a real small, like, because that wouldn't be something I could fit into. And so it's not accepting. It's also not accept, accepting your current reality if you have lost weight. Yeah, but the zero is you are accepting the reality of the smaller clothing. Yeah, zero means you see yourself accurately. Yeah, right. you see yourself in in combination with reality that other people see. Yeah, you would be yeah. going, of course I'm wearing a medium. Like, yes, yes. I have a medium body, I'm buying yes. medium clothes. I have a large body. Like, it's not body, body positivity. It's not like I love this body that I have right now, but it's like, yeah. I see myself accurately as an extra large and I'm buying an extra large garment. Right. And so that would mean you're you're closer to zero, if not zero on the body dysmorphia ranking system, <laughs> you know, to see how high is your body dysmorphia? How, how, how far are you up the stream of like, I just, if you think you look like Frankenstein and everybody else is like, you are gorgeous, you know, then you're like a 10. So, but let's look at what a five would be. So five would be intellectually you know, you are improving um, your, maybe your weight loss is improving or, you know, whatever you want to improve. Maybe it's your muscle tone um, that, you know, and people tell you all the time, all these people who are, a lot of them shoot straight from the hip are saying, no, you're, you look great, you know, and intellectually you're taking that in, you understand that on some level, but you could still still spend a lot of time seeing yourself as overweight or flawed somehow. Yeah. And I think like that person, I, I love the idea of like intellectually, I know it's true, but I'm still yeah. going to put myself in the back of the pictures like I've always done. Like I can't let go of the fact that I'm still the big person that needs to be in the back of the photos. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's like you're kind of stuck between I know this is real, but I can't let go of what has been my safety behavior, you know, for all of these years, you know, right. I'm like, I'm not going to show up for a pool party, mm -hmm. you know, with a whole bunch of people that I'm not going to feel comfortable in a bathing suit in, even yeah. though I actually look really nice. Like I'm fine in my bathing suit now yeah. all the time. It's like, I know it's okay. You know, like. I'm I'm good with how it looks. I I can see myself. I can I know how to dress myself, but I'm still stuck in um not quite believing that it's going to be real or it's lasting and I'm still holding on to a lot of those behaviors when I wasn't comfortable in my body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. It's so it's so like I know that I could buy a medium sweatshirt, but I'm just going to buy the extra large just in case so it doesn't I don't want to look like I'm squeezing into something that's too right, small, right, right. You know? Yeah, just just it's kind of a safety comfort thing, yeah, yeah, and yeah. maybe being accustomed to covering your body, it's hard to move to a place. And it's not that you're like super revealy, but you know that you could wear something different than you wore before you lost the weight or something. Um, yeah, I can say just one quick thing about that. Late, I mean, this is the first year in. 20 years where I am wearing bathing suits that don't have skirts. Hmm. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know why I feel like I always have to have a skirt. I, I just could not love that more. Maybe that's yeah. a beautiful thing. A long time coming. It's a lot easier to pack too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
Oh, wait, I don't think we defined 10. So 10 would be, so for you guys listening, are you, you're totally accurately seeing yourself, you know, you see your, all the good stuff too, that would be zero. And then five is you're still torn, like intellectually, you know it, but part of your brain's like, nah, you're, you know, you just aren't really there yet. And then a 10 is in your brain is like, I just can't stop seeing myself as fat, even when I've lost the weight, even when I can buy smaller clothes, I can't believe I'm that size. I just can't believe it. I can't see it. Even though the scales telling you says like, maybe the scale's broken. Is it broken? It's just going so low, you know, <laughs> um, there's just this dis, um, disconnect from the actual reality of the situation. Yeah. And it can be physical too, right? Like it's like, yeah, I know I can now go out and walk a mile and feel really comfortable and come back and my knees aren't killing me or anything. But in my mind, I'm just like, I don't know if I can do a mile. Somebody wants to go walk around the lake. That's a, you know, 1.7 miles. I don't think I can do it. Like you just can't start to um, own your successes at all. That happened to me this morning, Mimi. So I, um, because last week I was just super busy. And so I didn't get out and run in the morning, um, which is my goal, at least, you know, three to four mornings in the week, I'm going to get out and run. And so I went out this morning and I'm like, boy, you better go slow. I was in my head as I started, I'm like, you know, you can walk part of this, you know, don't worry. You can go slow. You can, you're fine. If you walk it, you know, but be proud of you, blah, blah, blah. I was having this little conversation in my head. But then I'm like, well, just start, like, just start running. You know, I had some music going and I had this experience two weeks ago too. I was running so fast for me, for me. Now, if you put me next to somebody who's actual runner, like, like they've been running for 20 years, 30 years, or they're in high school or something, probably still pretty slow, but for me fast. And I'm like, boy, you better slow down because you won't be able to sustain this, you know? And I just kept being surprised that my body was still fine. It was still fine. But the whole time, even coming back, I'm like, you know, you could that last few yards, you could just walk. But my body, I, I kept checking in with my body and I was breathing fine. And there was no pain. <laughs> there was no discomfort. It was all in my head. And so it's just such a real thing that can pop up for people. And it, I, I would say it takes time to undo this, you know. Yeah. So how would you rate yourself, Lee, on that scale? I would say, um, you know, because I was in my closet this morning trying to look at my cold weather clothes, kind of assessing what I had, what I needed to keep or let go. And, you know, I was still waffling over keeping or not keeping some extra larges and larges. And some, some I think are fine because sometimes it's just nice to have something, you know, that's baggy and cozy. And so I'll keep some of them, but I was really torn. I'm like, it was harder. And Mimi knows I am a thrower outer. I can clean, I can clear out a closet and just get rid of, you know, kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater sort of clearing. And I was struggling over letting go of some of the larges. And um, I had to talk, have a talk to with myself. And then, with, you know, so I would say because of that, I was five, like intellectually, I know, but part of me is still struggling with it. So I would say that. And then, you know, just body dysmorphia can ebb and flow. Like some days you just feel 
better and more accurate about where you are. And some days you don't, you have moments where it's not so great in your head. And so some days I could probably get my score a little lower, like, so I feel less dysmorphia. And then some days, like today, I, I noticed I was like having kind of this dissonance between reality and what my head was telling me. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if it was because in this moment, I have to decide. Mm-hmm. Like I can sit here and think, mm, yeah, this is what size I am. I'm good at it. But when I'm looking in my closet, I have to make, oh, this is a real like, this is like the rubber is hitting the road. Now I have to decide, am I really the kind of woman that doesn't need this mm-hmm. size of clothes mm-hmm. in her closet anymore? Or am I not? Extra like, sets, I wonder, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, oh yeah, you can believe this about yourself, Leah, until you actually have to pull the trigger on something. I right. Mean, I had gotten rid of a lot of, you know, ex, extra larges. Um, I would say the beginning last spring when I was doing some spring cleaning, I was fine with that. But these last remaining larges, I was like, ah, you know, (laughs) it was was harder. And Mimi knows that's that's not natural for me because I'm good with clearing. But that's Mm -hmm. it was body dysmorphia, totally body dysmorphia related. Um, I know you've done a gorgeous job of buying new clothes for your. (laughs) <laughs> now you just bought yeah. clothes that really highlight and accentuate your yeah shape. I got a dress for my daughter's wedding that's very it really skims my body and normally that would have been really hard for me to feel comfortable in I still I don't know if I'm a hundred percent comfortable but you know I'm going forward with it <laughs> yeah. you'll, be, you'll be gorgeous um okay so help me figure out where I am on the scale So one of the things that I struggle with is um, telling people how much weight I've lost. Like with so many says like, oh, are you losing weight? I'm just like, yeah, you know, and it's a pretty good number and I'm really proud of it. But because I know how much more I still want to lose and where I want to go, I'm like, well, I'm still heavy. I'm still too heavy for myself. Like, I don't really see myself smaller and everything. So I'm thinking they're not really seeing it either. Like they're just being nice. So if I say how much weight I've lost, I'm thinking they're not even going to believe that that's true because they're just seeing me because I still see myself as so heavy. They're only going to still see me as heavy and they're going to make, she's just making up that number or she's exaggerating what it is. So she'll feel better. So I don't know that I feel like to me, that's like a six. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's a little, it's still a little bit higher on the dysmorphia. It's like, I don't want to own the weight. Because it's like, it feels like it's a lot of weight I've lost. And I look in the mirror and I still just see myself with all yeah. that weight on my body and still needing to lose it. And there's it's like, it, you shouldn't feel shame to tell people how much weight you've lost. I know. Oh, yeah. Um, I definitely can relate. I'm sure so many people listening can relate. Yeah. That's, that's it. But I, I like what you said earlier. It's like, some days it's probably like I look in the mirror and I can see exactly who, mm-hmm. who my body is and what it looks like. Um, I mean, I don't have to love everything that's in there, but like I can really take an act- an accurate, you know, snapshot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just trying to be factual, mm-hmm. um, trying to be as factual without judgment words like fat, thin, but I, I weighed this. 
-hmm. wear this size. Try to use measurement uh, a little bit more, especially if you're losing weight and going down in dress sizes. Use that as just accurately, this is a small. And I'm accepting, like right in this moment, I can accept that accurately I am a small and um, or whatever number on the scale, just accepting. And that number is very different from the number, you know, X number of months ago, X years ago. Um, so just like even neutralizing, just neutralizing, you know, like Mimi said, this is not about body positivity. This is just about getting yourself in alignment with actual reality of what a lot of people around you, you know, not the snarky frenemy who gives you left-handed compliments you know, and, and suggest that you still could lose weight, not that person, but all the supportive people around you who are, you know, if there are enough of them, you know, they're going to be accurate. They're going to say, you look great. Wow. You've really lost weight. You look great. Yeah. So what would it be like? Like, how would it feel if you could believe that? And if it was true that you looked great and it is true that you're okay, your body is Mm-hmm. how it's supposed to be and it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, I think with somebody in deep dysmorphia <laughs> where it's stubborn, it's a pretty entrenched way of looking at yourself. You might not be able to go to, yeah, I'm, I look skinny. I look, you know, this is great. You might not be all sunshine and roses, but you could, just again, be more factual. And uh, also just, this is a coachy question, a self-coachy question that you can use uh, when you're suffering from some dysmorphia and part of you suspects that's what's going on. Then just start to act like, what if it's true that I'm a freaking, you know, extra small side? What if it's true that this number is real? It's a lasting number on the scale. It's much lower than the number, you know, X number of months or weeks or years ago. What if this is all real? This is my new reality. And just at least asking that question. And then maybe slowly over time, you'll start to believe it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we talk all the time about it's mindset, it's mindset, it's coaching and it's work. It isn't just saying, okay, I guess I'm a small now. You know, (laughs) that would be so lovely if if it was a switch that you could do like that. But I think asking that question, like, what if, what if it is true? Mm-hmm. What if it is true that I'm really small now? And can I mm-hmm. accept the smallness or this new me, this new size, this new reality? Can I just sink into kind of some peace and relaxation here rather than panic that I'll gain it back? You know, because I think some of the dysmorphia is a fear that is just, it's not permanent. It's a, you know, passing stage (laughs) where somebody is trying to trick you that you weigh less or that you can wear the smaller clothes, but, you know, and you trust that this is your, your new reality and see it, see it, really see it. Yeah. And I think it can be hard because some of the, um, doctors and professionals that you meet with still really cling to some of the, Mm -hmm diet industry and diet culture standards. And yes, is this one standard that is for everybody and it might not be for your body. You know, right. we Never all are shaped different, right? <laughs> and we can all carry or not carry specific amounts of um weight. 
And so yeah, like, yeah. you can bump it and it can be an odd doctor, you know, it can be your eye doctor or somebody that says something that's just not real. And that can, yeah, they kind of buy into body, your body dysmorphia and yeah, become that part of your brain that wants to see you is still needing to do work. I had, I definitely had, I was told the story before I had a primary care physician. I emphasize had, cause she got fired <laughs> from me. <laughs> like I'm not working with her anymore, but she was clearly had an eating disorder in which she was overly thin, like bony, 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 like worrisome amount of thin on this woman. And she's a doctor, you know, doctors are humans and have disorders too. And it looked like she had always had an eating disorder and she was, you know, getting up there and probably in her sixties, but she was just somebody who really sees bodies as fat. Cause that's anorexic, see their bodies as fat. And so a doctor can still buy into this dysmorphic way of thinking and seeing humans, you know, and so you don't want advice from that person. You don't want to hang around that person because they'll they'll validate and kind of reinforce this, um, I think, disordered way of thinking about yourself. Yeah, I just, I, I, it's just really important to be able to um, move closer to seeing yourself as you are. Like, even if it's like, I still have a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. I want to change, you know? Yeah. Cause again, you know, like, exercise goals, movement yeah. goals, weight goals, yeah. you know, but to start working in and um, honoring where you are now and seeing that has objectively and data driven and in mm-hmm. a scientific manner and less emotional is only going to benefit you, you know, and um and it's, you know, that's the work, right? And we we lean on measurement, measuring in our programs because our heads can get so screwy around how we view food, how we view ourselves, our habits. Our head gets to be kind of a slippery slope place. And so we use measurement and tracking and not to restrict things, but to actually know what's real, to know what is re- reality. And, um, you know, th- that definitely turned my process around when I realized that my head is a slippery place. <laughs> and so I need data to show me so, and I can believe data and it helps pull me out of the body dysmorphia and like the strange relationship I, I guess I developed around food and in my own body. Um, so I think using metrics can be very helpful if you have body dysmorphia, because you can keep proving to yourself, nope, this is the weight I am. I actually reached this lower weight. I actually am this dress size. Yeah. And I think, you know, find people that you trust who love you and believe them when they tell you what they see and what their truth is. It takes work. I mean, in our programs, we give you many more mindset exercises to help you reorient your lens because you've had on this diet culture lens and this quote unquote, I am fat lens for a long time. 
And so how do you get new lenses? How do you look, you know, start to look at things differently? And that's where coaching and mindset work is super valuable. And so in our programs, you know, that's what we're helping women do. Yes. And if you do have a serious um, and, and medically diagnosed case of body dysmorphic disorder, disorder, you know, like there's not a shame in that, right? Like get help, get the help that you need and seek, because it's really hard to do this type of work and suffer from, you know, any mental health condition. We all, you know, have emerged from childhood and middle school and those college years, especially if you've had babies, you know, with some forms of trauma around our body, and there's no shame in getting the uh, medical help that you need. Yeah. I mean, I would think if somebody has a severe case and people around you tell you like, wow, you're really, uh, it's weird. You're not seeing yourself accurately. I, I mean, I would suggest going to a therapist who specializes in that and doing at least some short-term work to, you know, start to understand yourself a little bit better. And then coaching tools are what you would use probably after get, getting medical help, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. If this is so affecting the quality of your life, then yeah. that's, when, that's when that's good to get help. Um, and I think knowing that other people have these same issues, I, it doesn't matter what it is. If I think I'm the only one that thinks like this, everybody else seems to, you know, be getting it together. She's losing weight and looks amazing. And she feels, you know, she just looks like she's, you know, walking on air and here I am still struggling, still only seeing myself as fat, still beating myself up all day long. Just know that there's a vast number of us out there that are in that same boat with you. Um, I always just find that so comforting. Yeah. And it's a boat you don't have to stay in, you know, forever. You can start seeing yourself more accurately and suffer less as a result. Suffer less. That's a, that's a beautiful result. <laughs> Suffer less. That's a t-shirt. Suffer less. <laughs> that's good. All right. So what's our song, Mimi? We do a song. So our song, it just popped into me, is um, Pink's Perfect. I only listened to the clean version because it came onto my phone when the girls were young. And I just love it. But um, when it popped into my head, I went back and re-looked at the lyrics again. And I'm one, I'm a huge pink fan. I love how strong she is about who she is and how she looks and takes the hits for it. But, um, and this whole song is talking about how you talk about yourself. And she talks about like changing the voices in your head, make them like you instead. And I was like, <laughs> why do we have to be told to, yeah, to not let our, our, to not keep voices that are saying negative things and making us feel bad about ourselves. So you are perfect. Um, it's just a beautiful song. If you haven't listened to it in a while, go back. Yeah. I'll put it on that. I don't think we have it on the playlist at this exact moment in time, but I will go put it on there. Yeah. And you okay. are perfect to us. Yes. Yeah, we have a Spotify playlist, by the way, the Her Genius Spotify playlist. So if you guys want to listen, yeah. It's got a wide, it's got a little bit of everything on there. 
does. It does from every decade. <laughs> it's a wide variety, yeah. but um, topical often yeah. or just fun or just fun. I think more fun. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks right. for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye. Hey there. Thank you so much for listening. In fact, if this resonated with you and you know someone else who needs to hear this, please share our episodes. We would just love that. We also would love it if you would follow, subscribe, and rate our channel because this lets us know you're actually there and it helps us show up in searches, which would be awesome. Please be a part of our community and mission to help as many women as possible free themselves from diet culture so that they can go beyond dieting.